Praise the Lord. Come on, man. Hallelujah. Man, you guys were just singing. You were singing, man. I was listening. I walked out. I was like, what is that? And I'm like, whoa. You guys were just belting it out, man. Praise the Lord. I love being in a room where that is just taking place. Amen. Where we're just singing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Right? Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, man. I love what Kat was challenging you, man, when, 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 we, were, when we were getting ready to, 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 to remember all right, the sacrifice of our Jesus. And she asked you a question. She says, whose, whose truth are you living? Whose truth are you, are you trusting? Whose truth are you living out, man? All right? You know, are, are, you, are you living the story, all right, that, that God has placed before you because of his son, Jesus Christ? Or are you living somebody else's truth, somebody else's story? I have a question for you. I got a couple of questions, all right, for you. I'm a, you know, and, and there's going to be a lot of slides today. We got a lot of slides up there. And if you're, if you're a note taker, which is basically the evidence of what I would call a productive thinker, all right, maybe you can't write that fast. Just take a picture of it because there's some good stuff we're putting up there today, all right? But I got a question for you. How often do you allow people who don't have the, the, the same you know, core values and the same convictions that you have how, long, how often do you allow them to do your thinking for you? How long? How long? <laughs> Never. <laughs> well, all right. How, then think about that, though. How often do you allow people who don't have your same core values, who don't have your same convictions, who, do, who are not, not only just, just saying they believe, but actually trusting, all right, the sacrifice, all right, of Jesus Christ for our sins, the resurrection of our great God and King. How, how often do you allow these people who don't believe these things, all right, to, to, or are not, are not trusting their lives with these things, how often are we allowing them to, to shape your thinking? Think about that. <laughs> think, all right, think. How often do you wish that the, the leaders around you, how often do you wish that the, that the leaders around you were, fox, were followers of Jesus? How often do we wish that, man, and we, how often do we look for those leaders to just give some kind of evidence of being a follower of Jesus Christ? And therefore, maybe even being more of a purposeful and productive thinker. What about you? What about you? Why aren't you leading? If you have these core values, if you have these core convictions, what's it going to take for you to become more of a productive thinker? Productive thinking, let me just throw this up on, on the screen here. Productive thinking, in, in our definition here that we're pursuing today, productive thinking is the thinking that brings glory to God and produces good, not only for you, all right, but, for, but also for the world around you. Productive thinking doesn't just get bent on thinking, it produces good. It produces good, all right, you know, that, that brings glory to God. Good that, that is only just for your good and your benefit, and sometimes it might not even be for your good and benefit, but it will always be for the benefit of others. How much of you, how, how, how much of you are actively becoming a more and more productive thinker, are pursuing thinking. This is a second part of a two-part sermon that is all part of a series that I'll share in a minute, all right? And, this, and this, this sermon is called Think Well. 
Think well. Thomas Edison said this. I'll put this up there. He's, he, was, he was noted to say that 5% of people think. 10% of people think they think. All right? And the other 85% would rather die than think. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> think about that. <laughs> All right? Think about that, right? This is Thomas Edison, who held over 1,000 patents of inventions and, and ideals and stuff, all right? But do you know that out of all those 1,000, over 1,000 patents and inventions, that he only claimed to actually have, in, have, had, had, have invented one thing? Out of all those things, you're like, well, yeah, he, the light bulb, right? No, the phonograph. Out of all the things that he had patents over, over, over inventing, he claimed that, that, he, that of all his inventions, he, he could only claim one actual invention. He said that all the other inventions were adaptions and improvements upon ideas that other people had left undeveloped. Did you know that? And some people just stopped thinking. Some people just stop thinking. Why, why are we so afraid to think? Why are we so challenged to think? Why is, is thinking, all right, and, and pursuing thinking well and productive thinking, why does that seem to get left in the weeds so often? And I, I have a theory, and I, I think it's been proven in behavioral science, is that for as we get older, many of us, we, have, we, we, we start uh, trusting this file cabinet that we've created over the years. We have this file cabinet that we've created over the years, right? And anytime we are approached with something new, a new idea, a new experience, a new thought, we try to match it to something, some of our files of, of our old experiences, our old thoughts and our old ideas. And we try to match it up because we're, we're always pursuing, when it comes to thinking, we always seem to pursue the, the path of least resistance, which is why that, that you know, for you know, some some of the, the some um, medical professionals will say that that uh, a good a good helpful tool for the prevention of uh, Alzheimer's is to learn a new language, something that you have no file cabinet for, all right, and, or to to learn how to play a musical instrument if you've never played, or to do something that you just don't have a file cabinet for, to develop this 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 brain activity of thinking, and thinking well. But we always do. We look for that path of least resistance, which is why I believe that, that the average American leans towards amusement. We just lean towards entertainment and amusement. And if you look at the word amusement, you, you, you break it apart. A, without, muse, thought. And in that, uh, that we, we see that the average American will watch, do you know, well, the average American will watch four hours of television and, and, and screen entertainment uh, a day. Four hours. And they said that by the time that they're 65, that they will have spent nine years of their life in front of a screen. I don't know about you, but 30 years from now, when I turn 65, that's not going to be the case. I ain't rolling like that. Why are you guys laughing, man? What's, what's up? Actually, two. Praise the Lord. Amen. Woo-hoo. Check this out. We are in a series right now called Centered. All right, Centered. And, and, and then the thrust of this series has, has been to be able to, to order a Jesus life inside that produces fruit outside. A Jesus life inside, all right, that produces fruit outside, all right? And so we want to learn from the inside out. Jesus lived from the inside makes a difference for everyone on the outside. And this is why thinking well, productive thinking, is important 
Gordon McDonald, in his book, Ordering Your Private World, all right, says this, the ordering of our private world, our center, in order to order that life that's going on on the inside, all right, it cannot take place without strong mental endurance. And the intellectual growth this endurance produces. Of all people on the planet, we must be, we should be, the frontline thinkers. The scriptures say that we have been given the mind of Christ. We should be the frontline thinkers on the planet. And so last week, we began sharing with you six areas of productive thinking. And just to review last week, in case you weren't here, I'll review those really quickly, but you should go back and check it out. It's online. It's on our website. It's on our app. Find it. It's on our Facebook page. All that fun stuff. All right, find this last, last week's sermon. It's called Think all right, check it out. But just to review real quickly, the first three areas that we discovered were necessary for productive thinking were critical thinking. Number one, critical thinking, discovering what is true and how could I know to be a student of critical thought. But, but then critical thinking needs to be also accompanied by creative thinking. What are you gonna do with that truth? How can I express the truth to anyone who might be asking and then, and then you cannot have critical thought and creative thought without compassionate thinking. Compassionate thinking is basically, how can I know how to help? Because if I just have critical thought and I am creative thought, and then, and then without compassionate thought, all of my thinking is all, all it's about is self-promotion. It's promoting myself, lifting myself up. But it has to be accompanied with compassionate thinking thinking that leans in the area of others. And when you look at this list of critical thinking, uh, creative thinking, and compassionate thinking, you think, that's a pretty, that's a pretty, that's a, that's a good list. That sounds pretty complete, but it's not enough. Why is it not enough? Because the world keeps changing. And people keep hurting. And, and with, with hurts that maybe sometimes you've just never experienced or even maybe even never heard of. And also because more and more people keep trying to think for, all the, for everyone. They try to think for the masses. And more and more are the masses allowing people, they keep allowing people to think for them. And then we wonder why are things the way they are is because you stop thinking. We need to keep thinking. Productive, productive thinking demands more because there's more to think about. And we need to be the frontline thinkers of this planet, which is why there are three more, and I'm gonna share these three, but let me list them for you really quickly. The next three you know, areas of productive thinking is that we need to keep listening. Number one, we need to keep listening. Actually, number four, we need to keep listening because listening gives us access to learning. And number five, we, we, we need to keep learning because learning gives us access to leading. And finally, number six, we, we need to keep leading because leading gives us access to loving others well. This is why I want to challenge you with this big statement. Here it comes, all right? I told you a lot of slides today. Here's a big statement that we are going to challenge today, all right? And just through an area of scripture that I think is, is pretty, it kind of helps us out with this, all right? But, but here's the statement. It says, the day that you stop listening, all right, is the day that you stop learning. 
And the day that you stop learning, well, that's the day that you stop leading. And the day that you stop leading is the day that you just stop caring. All right? And what happens when we stop caring? Everybody suffers. Everybody suffers. All right? Last week, I shared with you that only, only 64% of Americans claim to be Christians, to, to believe that there is a God, all right, in heaven who is alive. That's, that's, that's almost only half of Americans believe that now. And what's even crazier is not even all of that 64% of Americans who believe that God exists, all right, believe that he's the ultimate authority. They don't believe that he's the ultimate authority of life. Francis Schaeffer, all right, uh, you know, early American author, Christian author, just one great critical, creative, and compassionate thinker, all right, who's always kept learning, all right, kept listening, kept learning, and kept leading. He said this in his book, How Should We Then Live, um, when he wrote this back in the early 70s, and he was old by the time he wrote this. Um, he says that when Christian consensus starts to break down, the center can no longer hold. Basically, what he's saying is when, when the Christian, when, when, when the, when, when the, uh, when the majority of, uh, you know, of peoples are, are no longer a Christian, of a Christian worldview, of a Christ-centered worldview, the center will start to break down. The center of our, of our community, our, our, our country was actually based on Christian values, began on Christian values, a pursuit of freedom to worship, all right? It, it was pretty cool history. And through the years, that has been breaking down more and more and more and more and more. And he says, when Christian consensus starts to break down, the center can no longer hold. And it's happening, right? The consensus of forward thinking and decision-making is becoming more and more scattered. Who's, whose idea do we cling to? Whose idea do we adhere to? Whose ideas do we allow to shape our thinking? And why? And I'll tell you right now, people are looking. They're looking for someone, all right? They're looking for people who are centered, people who are not just living from the outside in, you know, just, you know, circumstantially, you know, controlled, but, but internally directed. They're looking for people who are centered, all right? Who are people who can lead the way, people who are not afraid to think and not afraid to act. This should be us, amen? It should be all of us. Those who centered is the risen Jesus Christ, Lord of all. Amen. Gabe Lyons put it this way. He says, we must be the kind of people that question things. We should be the kind, even, even our own selves, even, even within one another, when we're talking about our faith and we're talking about the scriptures, we must be the kind of people that question things and not, no longer looking for the path of least resistance. People who can test things. People who are not driven by our latest emotions and opinions. It seems to be pretty much the consensus nowadays, emotion and opinionally, opinionally you know what I'm talking about. Pretend I said a really important word, all right? driven, but people who use our brains, they use the wiring that God has given us to reason and to be rational and to process information. Critical thinkers, creative thinkers, compassionate thinkers, 
who keep listening, who keep learning, and who keep leading. Amen? In the scriptures, we, uh, last week we followed Paul uh, through a couple of different, excuse me, well, that was weird. Uh, <laughs> step back, all right? Uh, <laughs> through a couple of different uh, towns and, and communities and, and, uh, and countries even, and as he was sharing the faith of Jesus Christ and he was, and he was planting churches and we challenged his area of critical thought and his area of creative thought and, and compassionate thought. And we followed him from, from a, a place called Berea into another community called uh, or, uh, Athens, Greece. And then from there, he went to a town called Corinth. And we left them there. And then, but, but just to catch up to where we're at right now, uh, that was in Acts, I think Acts 18. And then, uh, and then at the end of Acts 18, he, he actually travels further to a couple of different communities, ends up in a place called Ephesus. And, and, and we're gonna be, you know, in, a, in about, I think at the end of this month or beginning of next month, we're gonna start going through a book study, all right? We're gonna give us something to do, all right? We're gonna go through a book study and we're gonna go through the book of Ephesians, we're going to spend a few months there and see what happens, all right? And so it's going to be awesome. But anyways, Paul ends up, and we'll give you more background on this, what took place here later, all right? But um, he ends up in this place called Ephesus. And while he was in Corinth, he picked up a couple, all right, uh, Priscilla and Aquila. And he, you know, I believe he led them to the Lord. And they just started, started becoming faithful followers of Christ Jesus and proclaiming the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He took them with him to Ephesus. And then he moved on and they stayed in Ephesus. And while they were in Ephesus, this, this, this young critical thinker, this young creative thinker, and even compassionate thinker shows up on the scene. And he's, he's a Jewish guy and his name is Apollos. And he's in Ephesus and, he, and he's just preaching and teaching because he loves God. Let's catch up with him in, in Acts chapter 18, verse 24. It said, now there was a Jew, all right, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, and he came to Ephesus. He was eloquent, meaning he was learned. He was well-spoken. He spoke with precision. He spoke with power. And he was competent in the scriptures. He was skilled and he was qualified in the scriptures. It says that he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, basically he had been instructed and he had an understanding of the life of Jesus Christ. And the life that, that Jesus Christ had, had, uh, had lived and the, things, and the things that he has taught, he had all of that. He'd been instructed in all that. He has been competent in the scriptures. When it speaks that he was competent in the scriptures, is the scriptures that they had, they don't have the scriptures. They didn't have the scriptures that we have today. They only had what we call the Old Testament. And he had a Jewish copy, what was called, a Greek copy that was called the Septuagint. We'll talk about that. I probably shouldn't even brought that up because now you're going to be stuck. What is that? If I tell you not to think about the Septuagint, how many of you guys are going to be able to do that? Probably none. All right. So anyways, uh, so sorry I mentioned that. Look it up. There you go. Do some productive thinking. Anyways, um, so uh, <laughs> anyways, he had this, he, he had, he basically had the Old Testament and he was, he was skilled and competent in those scriptures. And he was a great speaker, precise, powerful speaker. It said he'd been instructed in the way of Jesus, basically, and, and had been fervent in spirit. He was just, just really about this, just, man, this is so good, all right? And I just want people to know this. And he spoke and he taught 
accurately the things concerning Jesus. Though he only knew the baptism of John. Okay, wait a second. What does that mean? Well, he spoke accurately of the life of Christ and the legacy of Christ and his teachings. But he only knew the baptism of John, basically this baptism of repentance, of forgiveness of sins. You see, when, when, when John came along, he came along teaching, preparing the way for Jesus. And he says, look, I'm not Jesus, so don't expect all that that's gonna come from me, but here's what I do have. Y'all need to free, you know, be forgiven for your sins. Y'all need to repent, confess your sins, and just recognize that, you know, agree with God that we're all sinners in need of a saving God. Amen. That's, he spoke all the way up to that point, which was lacking, wasn't it? It was lacking. He needed more because he had not, he wasn't yet speaking of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He wasn't yet teaching of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that, that Jesus gives, all right, upon his ascension in heaven as he sent his Holy Spirit for everyone to have. He was, his, his teaching was limited is what the scripture is telling. He, he needed more. So critical thinking, creative thinking, and, 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 uh, and compassionate thinking wasn't enough. And I know this by experience. Let me put a picture up here real quick. Check this out. Maybe you've looked at some of our old Facebook pictures and you've seen this picture. Uh, I was gonna go, hey, right here it is. Where'd it go? Anyway, there it is, all right. This picture right here, the, the caption says, get ready for the word tonight, it's coming. This was taken back in 2012. As I had prepared this message, I thought was an out of the park, crazy, amazing message. I had more notes than I could probably knew what to do with. As you can see right there, those notes had notes underneath them. I was just, I thought I was well ready. I had critically thought this out. I had creatively thought this out. And I had even compassionately thought this out. But I stopped listening. And I, was, and I was limited. This night right here was probably one of the most uh, glaring lessons of preaching in my life. You can go ahead and get, okay, good. It was the night that when I came up to the stage to preach, I had all this stuff laid out and I felt well accomplished. I walked up to the pulpit I looked at it. I was fervent in spirit. I, was, I believed that I was, I was learned and, and I was precise and I had power behind my teaching and I started to just blast it out there. And I, I literally preached that big old message within the first eight minutes. <laughs> and then I didn't know what to do. Some of you are all, wish you'd get back to those eight minute <laughs> sermons, right? <laughs> right? I preached it all in eight minutes and then I looked at you guys. Some of you were probably there. I don't know if anybody was there, but you know, I'm pretty sure some of, many of you were there. And I looked at you guys, and I looked at my notes, and I looked at you guys, and I thought, I messed up. <laughs> we were in the auditorium over there, and I literally called Blake, Blake, <laughs> sing some songs, brother. <laughs> and I walked off the stage, and I felt like I really, truly just dropped the ball on the Lord. I went back, I went behind stage, nobody saw this. I leaned up against the wall, slid down the wall and just sat there and just cried out to God. I'm sorry, Lord, and I knew exactly what I did. 
I started listening to me more than I started listening to him. I started listening more to my eloquence, <laughs> my precision, my skill. Are you kidding? I had quotes from Martin Luther on that page, man. This was getting ready to get crazy. All right? But it wasn't enough. I wasn't listening for him. I only heard myself and my accomplished studying. And people suffered for that that night. They may not know they suffered, but they did. They suffered because God had a word he wanted to say, but I wasn't listening. It's easy to get really obsessed with, with going and doing and even speaking. And, and we start to, and eventually just put off, you know, the listening that we need to be about. The listening. I remember I was in a conference in, in, in L.A. one time. And this church got up there and they were talking about, you know, how they were, you know, ending homelessness. There was, a, there was somebody from the United Way. There was somebody from, a sergeant from the LAPD department. Um, some of you probably were there. And there was, a, there was a church pastor from Skid Row, all right, that was there. And they were talking about how they were getting people out of, out of homeless situations. And they were just really bent on going and doing and making it happen. And they got this one guy, and I forget his name, but they got this one guy off the streets, man. All right, and, then, and they went and they got him a job. And then, and then they, they got him an apartment. And they got furniture and put it in the apartment. And they even got him a ride. They helped him get his ID and his license and all this stuff. And they got, they got everything all set up in the house, right? And they were leaving. They were really well accomplished. They we did, they were like high-fiving. Woo, man, he's really gonna, this is gonna be awesome. And they were leaving. And then, then finally they asked the question, what else do you need, man? What else do you need? They're thinking that, you know, we covered everything. Maybe a can opener. I don't know. What do you need? And the dude just said, can somebody stick around and maybe play checkers with me? because they were loading up and leaving. They, they, they didn't even think about that. This guy had community out in Skid Row. He had people. They may have given him things that we all have, but they, they weren't listening to his heart. I love what Hosanna Wong, she says this, we must become people of God who listen to people and to God. Amen? Amen. I believe this to be true. The day you stop listening is the day you stop learning. We need to listen. Look at what happens with Apollo. Apollos, all right? He's Apollo Creed, all right? Apollos, um, he's, uh, it says in verse 26, he began to speak boldly. He just started getting up there and he was just laying it down. Boom, 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 boom. And he had him, he, like he said, he was, he was well instructed. It says he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila, remember they were with Paul, they were traveling companions, fellow tent makers. Paul led them, all right? They had an audience with the apostle Paul. Are you kidding me? They hung out with him, had dinner with the Apostle Paul. Can you imagine walking away from a dinner with Apostle Paul? All my hair would probably fall out, all right? My eye would be hanging out. I'd be like walking out like crazy, man, because this guy just knows way too much. But they had this. It says, when they heard him, they took him aside and explained to him 
the way of God more accurately. They explained to him the way of God more accurately. There's something missing, bro. Now, now he could have been the guy that says, you know what? I'm the one talking right here. Priscilla and Aquila, they weren't, they weren't you know, it's not recorded that there were these gifted speakers that just commanded the, the presence of audiences, but Apollos was. And yet he still humbled himself to listen because he knew that there was more to learn. And maybe you say, I don't have a Priscilla. I don't have an Aquila. I don't even, there's no way. I don't even have no, a Paul. I go, yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, we do. I just think we need to become readers again. And we have access, all right, to some amazing critical thinkers, creative thinkers, compassionate thinkers, those who are keeping, who are continually listening, continually learning, and are always leading. We have access to them in the pages of so many books. But I think we just need to become readers again. Do you know that in the past, I think in the past 10 years, America has, has declined, American readers, the, the American reader has declined by 7%, and, and even dramatically over the past 20 years. We're just not reading anymore. I think we give up on so much when we choose not to open up the pages of books and read, especially the scriptures. Reading is, is so important to the wiring of our brains, to, to, to help us to exercise our brains, all right? And they can lead us into knowing how to thinking well. Neil Postman, he was the writer of Amusing Ourselves to Death, all right? A book, I think it was written back in the 80s. Uh, all right, Neil Postman, he wrote this book, Amusing Ourselves to Death. Now, it's gonna take you some critical thinking to, 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 to read what I'm gonna read. Here's what he talks, when he, when he thinks about reading, here's what he thinks. Here's what he says about reading. Here's how, why reading is important, all right? He says, to engage the written word, right? To engage the written word means to follow a line of thought, right? Which we have a real hard time with sometimes. To, to, to follow a line of thought which requires considerable powers of classifying, inference-making, and reasoning. It means to, 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 under, to uncover lies, to, to uncover confusions and overgeneralizations, to detect abuses of logic and common sense. It means to weigh out ideas and to compare and contrast assertions and to connect one organization, well, one generalization to another. When I look at this, uh, you know, explanation of the importance of reading, I look at that and I think, dude, this is like push-ups for my brain. Serious. Reading is like push-ups for your brain. I mean, it's just hardcore. All right, one hand. The other hand. All right, all kinds of craziness. This is, we, we need to be reading because when we stop reading, I truly believe that we stop learning how to think well. You're like, I read. I believe some of you do. Many of you do. As a matter of fact, I know many of you do read. The average American reads 19 minutes a day. 11 of those minutes are on Instagram. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't have Instagram. I do Facebook. Well, then it's 58 minutes a day is the average. Gabe Lyons says, we're feeding ourselves all these quick 
bites of information, these quick bites of thought, but we're not really learning how to think well. I want to challenge you to become readers, students of the Word of God, and readers, people who read. I'll throw some even incentives out there. Do you know, it's, studies have shown that if a person will read 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, if a person will read 30 minutes a day, that you can add two years onto your life compared to those of your contemporaries who don't read. It, it does that. My, it, reading is a, is a huge tool for present, prevention of, of Alzheimer's as well. But you have to, you have to be consistent. You have to be uh, consistent in it. You can't just read, oh, I was just gonna read 30 minutes a day for a week. I don't feel, you know, healthier. You know, uh, you know they, the, the studies have shown, you know, this takes about a 12-year period of reading. And, for, you know, and, and, and this reading material that, that, that challenges your file cabinet system. And you're like, what do I read, man? I don't know what to read. I, there's so many books out there to read. I will challenge you to read one book, and I will challenge every person in this room to read this book. You want to start somewhere? Here's a book I want you to read. It's called The Book of Luke, The Gospel According to Luke. Read that. Challenge critical thinking. Challenge creative thinking. Challenge compassionate thinking. Keep listening to the Word of God. Keep learning from it and begin to lead from it. I will challenge you with the book of Luke. You say, I've already read it. Well, then I will challenge you to read it again. And then I want to challenge you to read the book of Ephesians. I'll challenge you that right now, not only because we're going to go through that, because it is an amazing, jam-packed book of just amazing stuff. And if you need a book to read, I've got, I got a shelf. I'm, 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 I've got a shelf packed with books that I've, I, I would recommend. Lately, I'm recommending this one right here, Ordering Your Private World by Gordon McDonald. All right, this is a book. All the pastors and staff are reading this book. And this is an amazing book. Actually, the, 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 uh, the inspiration for this sermon series I received from reading this book. It's a great book, Ordering Your Private, Your Private World by Gordon McDonald. Great book. Get this one. There's an older one that has the red cover. All right, I would challenge you. This one actually has is a new updated version and there's study questions. You can actually have a group, a book reading club with it and all that stuff. It's pretty awesome, man. It's a great book, Ordering Your Private World by Gordon McDonald. C.S. Lewis, he challenges people to read because he, he imagines everybody's reading. You know? uh, he says that for every new book you read, make sure you read an old book. Every new book you read, read an old book. I like to read books by men and women who have finished well, who have maybe passed on, but you know that they lived the life that they were, they were, they were declaring because they finished that way. Here's what I know. The day that you stop listening is the day that you stop learning. And the day you stop learning is the day that you stop leading. We need to keep learning. We need to keep leading. Check this out. Apollos was taken aside and he listened to them. And he learned from them, from, from Aquila and Priscilla. And it says this in verse 27, when the next verse he says, and when he wished to cross over to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him because now he was fully equipped in the gospel, but still could always, there was always room for more, all right? But now he was equipped for the gospel, maybe not fully equipped, but equipped. And the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples over there to welcome him. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who through grace had believed. He took what he learned seriously and he put it to work for the benefit of others. 
for the benefit of others. Verse 28, he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing by the scriptures that, that, Christ, that the Christ was Jesus. Here's what I know, man, is, is, that, is that, this, that, his, that, that his leading also developed his, his productive thinking. Because you have to think about, about who you're leading, how you're leading them, and why you're leading them. More productive thinking development. So here's what I know. We kind of started with this, remember? The day you stop listening is the day that you stop learning. And the day that you stop learning is the day that you stop leading. And the day you stop leading is the day that you stop caring. And what happens when we just stop caring? Everyone around us suffers. Our children suffer. Our families suffer. Our friends suffer. Our workplaces suffer. Everybody that we come in contact with, they suffer. Because the people who are put here to care stop caring. The men and women of the almighty living God, proclaimers of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We need to listen for the voice of God. We need to learn from the word of God so that we're able to lead for the glory of God. Amen. And that's what I want you to do. That's what I want you to do. And we're going to continue this thought next week, all right, as, as, as we're going to talk about um, creating this listening and learning space. But until then, I want you to do just that. I want you to listen. Practice listening for the voice of God. Now, he may speak to you like, hey, Belinda, Frank, Joe, well, you guys, come on. He might do that. I don't know. But I know if you're in the Word of God and you're learning from the Word of God, you'll hear the voice of God. I want you to listen for the voice of God. I want you to learn from the Word of God. And then lead for the glory of God. Be productive thinkers. Productive thinkers that think critically think creatively that think compassionately and who keep listening who keep learning and therefore keep leading this world is dying to follow people like that for the glory of God amen next week we're talking about creating those listening spaces for his glory Amen? I right know, man.